Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome in, welcome in. Hello. It's your Show Podcast, a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures from right here. In the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio, we have an active puppy right now who is uh, wandering around. She's thinking about settling down. Yes, she has settled down. She is now laid on the pillow, head down, starting to relax after a morning of uh, raising hell. A rough start as I woke up, began my chores. Get up, you go feed the dogs. Well, first you let the dogs out. Dogs all go outside, no big deal. I detected a a stench in the house, but not bad. I usually can pick it up, and I'm like, huh. By the way, Maureen says, easy. You automatically said Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. Yeah, that's a habit. That is a habit. They are, uh, if if anyone's wondering, like if there's anybody who's like, oh, no, uh, just know that that was a, uh, it isn't like they're back on. I mean, I don't want Mike to have another temper tantrum at me uh, about associating with such filth on this show. I mean, the last thing you want to do is associate with someone who deals in filth. And that's your old pal, EZ. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was a mistake. Hang on, coffee. So I'm feeding the dogs. And I go, you know, what's up? And I, I look into that uh, sunroom where the NFK sits. And I see the yellow flood. Uh, O'Neal has uh, peed. I didn't really get in there and investigate too much. I could just see yellow rivers. And I say that because it's, uh, in case you don't know, it's uh, these large ceramic squares, 12 by 12. The pee hits like the middle of a square and then it runs off to where the, uh, uh, you know, the grout is. So it looks like a, uh, a symmetrical canal system of urine. So I'm like in the middle of feeding the dogs and I go, all right, this is going to fuck me up. If I have to uh, do all this, there's no way I'm going to be able to get this show prepared. So I uh, go upstairs. Diana's sound asleep. Yeah. What? I need your help. What is it? Yellow River. Oh, fuck. She's so pissed off. I go, I know. And, uh, so that was, that was a bummer. And, uh, so she gets up and, um, comes downstairs. She goes, did you punish him? I go, well, I don't think you can. I think that's kind of like a rule. 
like with a dog that you know if something happens when it happens then you can you know no or whatever all right that's it outside or uh, it, in your kennel no or maybe i don't know pull the dog's ears i'm kidding you don't you don't do that and i go no i i don't think it works that way i don't think now but that might be a myth because O'Neill was uh, uh, watching Diana clean that shit up. Which, by the way, she goes, oh, and by the way, there's poop in here, too. He shit in here. And I let him out right before bedtime. And I'm like, oh, my God. Back in my head, I'm, I'm like, I'm just glad you're cleaning it up. She's got, like, uh, those plastic gloves on. And uh, she's doing her, doing her work. And then O'Neill, he has that uh, look where the the ears are down and his eyes are, like, squinty you know guilty dog look so in the back of my head i'm like fuck he might be uh he might know because he's watching diana clean it up you know and uh i'm like looking at him kenny says uneaten poop yeah, he doesn't eat his own poop. He only eats uh, other dogs' poops, you know? Like, these are all images I've seen before of, like, uh, guilty dogs. This is uh, this is what O'Neill is doing there. He's got that look on his face. So I think that's kind of a myth. I think you're supposed to, like, say, no, and, you know, yell at him or something like that. But, uh... So I kind of gave him a pass. Look at this dog's eating someone's wallet. What a dick. This one did a whole bunch. This one got into the garbage. This asshole. Uh, ever wondered why dogs feel guilty like humans? According to this article. They certainly won't talk, but under scrutiny, their guilt is evident. Refusal to make eye contact, swallowing nervously and trying to pretend that nothing really happened. That's like me in a program director's office. Darla's giving Bruce the business or O'Neill the business right now. Uh, All of them show signs of a guilt-ridden culprit, refusal to do make eye contact, all of these things. It is intriguing that dogs behave the same way humans do upon an embarrassing situation and become apologetic. Why do they act guilty? Dogs indeed have capacity to feel guilty. They may slink away, drop their ears. They recognize the difference in the tone of the voice and body language of the owner when he is not his usual chirpy self. Scientists refer to this behavior as primary emotions, which include happiness and fear in every animal. Secondary emotions like jealousy, pride, and guilt is comparatively rare in most animals. The cognitive level for an emotion like guilt requires a high amount of self-awareness, and scientists haven't exactly been able to pinpoint the cause for this behavior in dogs. So this article is just clickbait. It doesn't really tell you anything. But I, I guess that question is, do you give your dog the business when that happens? Are you supposed to yell and, uh, you know, get angry at him? Rick from TC Paintball says, uh, always discipline the dog. 
Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Now, Rick uh, is on a winning streak. As we all know, uh, he passed along the information to me about repairing my knee. Maureen says, I would not shame him. He already feels bad. No, do not yell at him. That's what Maureen says. So we have like conflict with the audience about what I should do. Uh, God damn it. I thought I had a video. Maybe I don't. Well, I had one earlier. I was going to show you some dog, uh, dog shaming. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's what's up. It was a, it was a complete catastrophe. Uh, Diana was freaking out. Thank God she was here. Rod, uh, Roger or Re- I think this is, I don't know if this is Roger or Mrs. Roger, Rebecca, you must catch him in the act. Hold on a second. I'm about to catch him in the act right now. Hey, knock it off. I'm trying to do a show. It is Roger. Roger, Roger. She just gets right in O'Neill's face and she's shaming him. She's actually in his face. Darla's in O'Neill's face saying, how the fuck can you have done that? You're like six or seven years old. I'm a, I'm a puppy and I don't even do that. You asshole. Uh, Kent said, my brother-in-law is a dog trainer. I can send you his number for these questions. Uh, Kenny says, it's not O'Neill's fault that he had to pee and nobody took him outside. Is it? No, you're right. And, and the thing is, this always seems to happen when it's Diana's job to let him out. I know that when I let him out, um, I, I let him right out there. And then he, uh, you know, I always make sure that he goes. So I, I'm, I'm suspicious of her, but I don't want her to know that I'm saying this. And she, I'm pretty sure she's not watching this right now. Hang on one more drink of coffee and then I'm done. Maine, uh, uh, Kristen Maine says, is this new? Is it attention seeking since Darla came along now? This happens from time to time. Doggy says, go to the bathroom. Uh, Rich says, you're going to lose Pooh Bear points quickly. Big fraud Pooh Bear this morning. Wow. Now, I have never heard Diana to be referred to as big fraud Pooh Bear. That is funny. Well done. Chris in Buffalo always makes me laugh. All right. So that's how the day started. Uh, we have some new developments in the household here. Um, okay. A little bit of background. I have, I've covered this that, uh, like a month ago I went ahead and, um, Diana bought a new chair for the NFK from Facebook marketplace, identical to the one, uh, he has been sitting in, but newer and not destroyed. Now, um, I'm here to tell you that for the past two years sitting in that chair, has actually wore out the chair. It was old to begin with. It was a used chair. It was big, oversized, perfect. And uh, all the up and down into it, it actually wore it out. It was it was uh, ripped. 
worn away, stuffing falling out of it. So time to get a new chair. Okay. Now, the basis for all of the uh, issues with our beloved NFK when it comes to um, leaving fingerprints and smudges and uh, food remains and God knows what else on the refrigerator, the microwave, and anything he touches is the inability to wipe the hands during food preparation. We've covered this many times before. There was a moment not long ago when I was in the kitchen and he's like O'Neill. I have to catch him in the act or else it does not resonate. He had the container that had the tuna noodle casserole that was, uh, that he heated up makes the whole house fucking smell and he's throwing it away and he pushes into the garbage can and pushes down on the garbage cause it was a little bit over full and, uh, an actual noodle and, and tuna and sauce is on the thumb. I can see it. I'm looking at this. And then he goes to wipe it on his clothes. And I go, ah, I go, hold up, dude. I go, and he's, he's, he's frozen in midair. The hand is, is frozen now. I go, by the way, <laughs> Tim with a funny line of, uh, describing the chair as a, just a decaying corpse chair couldn't be more accurate. That's funny. So I go, ah. And uh, he looks at me. I go, dude, don't wipe that on your clothes. Come over here and put your hands under the, I mean, wash your hands or, or use a napkin. And he looks at me like I'm crazy. I go, come here. And uh, it's, it's like a kid, you know, I, I'd rinse his hands off for him. I, I go, here, dry your hands. I go, don't, when you get food and shit on your hands, don't wipe it in places other than a napkin or nothing else. That's the, that's, that's the only thing you can do. When there's things, when there's stuff on your hands, wipe them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, further back, there have been times that I've been in that uh, room that he sits, which had the Yellow River because it's the sunroom. It's where he sits in that fucking chair and watches 14 hours of TV every day. Uh, if you were to go into that room, there's little tiny bits of tobacco because the uh, grizzly in a can, little tin, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's long cut, but it's still tiny bits of tobacco. So, you know, uh, 10 to 20 times a day, he's putting that in his mouth. He uses so much tobacco. Holy cow. This guy is got, he's got an easy pass to fucking mouth cancer. At one point in the future, he's going to look like that fucking movie critic. Remember like half his face got sawed off and he was like reviewing movies and he, he, he I forgot his name. Doesn't matter. I think it was, it was a two of them. It was, uh, 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 I don't know, Rodan and Godzilla, uh, two thumbs up, guys. What the fuck were their names? Ebert. That's it. Ebert, Siskel, and Ebert. Chris says Ace and Gary. And and Ebert was the one who got his, his, his uh, face sawed off. Uh, Nick, 
asks the question where he's spitting all that chaw. Do you have spit bottles left all over? No. No, he's pretty good about that. Just one spittoon with a straw. Spits it into a straw. Somehow he manages that. Uh, But he won't be for long after they saw his face off. Uh, And I can guarantee you that the day when he says, yes, you have, uh, when the doctor says you have oral cancer, he will immediately stop. Just like when the doc said, hey, uh, you've got cirrhosis of the liver. You should stop. Oh, okay. Uh, So when he dips, when he puts it into his mouth, and then his he pulls his fingers out of his mouth. There's always uh, little strands on his finger, on his fingers, or one. Um, he then will go and get it off of his fingers or onto his clothes. And over time, eventually, when he stands up, some or all of that will land on the floor. So numerous times I've had a sweep and, and I've said to him before, I go, dude, this looks like some college kid's dorm room. You have to, you have to wipe your, and he looks at me like I'm fucking crazy when I tell him this. And he thinks I'm full of shit. I think, even though there's evidence on the ground, you know, little sprinkles of the fucking. So, but on Saturday, Diana says to me, she goes, uh, cause we went ahead and, and purchased a, the the chair that's just like it, but black, not brown, uh, and it was it was in like the room next to, and we hadn't yet switched them out. We were just waiting to do it, and the reason why we didn't just immediately pull the other one and put the new one is because we knew this would take take some time. So I go walking in there, I go, hey buddy, uh, guess what? Today is new chair day. I'm going to take that new chair and put it where the old the old chair has had its day, and we're going to get rid of the old chair, put the new chair there. What do you think of that? Oh, fuck shit. Fuck yeah, man. Fucking shit. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Yeah, I say fuck shit. I go, okay, man. That's good. Why don't you have a seat in this uh, other chair that you're not allowed to sit in except for right now. And then I will, uh, I'll get it out of there. I'll get that chair out of there. Diana and I, your sister and I. Oh, fucking shit. Fuck yeah. He sits down. I pull the one back and I was like, holy fuck. The amount of tobacco on there on the floor underneath the chair was as if he opened up several tins of tobacco and just dumped them on there. Mixed in with that are numerous, probably the equivalent of two or three of those snack bag size of Doritos, a lot of uh, cereal bits, like luck, a lot of Lucky Charms. I could see the fucking rainbow, you know. And uh, Kenny says, I still want an NFK shirt. Fuck yeah. I think you're right. I think that that has to happen at some point. Let's live on the edge. That's an Eric's. That's a future broken broken promise. Chris in Maine says, this is the equivalent of cleared... Uh, Cleaning the garbage disposal. Yeah, the amount of uh, tobacco, Lucky Charms, and Doritos. And I, I I pull it back, and I see just like 
one square foot of it. And I go, oh my God, this is going to be incredible. I go, hey, Kevin, um, I have to show you something. Uh, by the way, uh, Aram says, or Aram says, Eric's going to take the old chair up north and put it next to his dad's bed. <laughs> That's fucking great. Hold on a second. What are you doing? What the fuck, man? You have pause. Uh, Kenny says, just, yeah, just cover it up with, ha, yeah, cover it up with a blanket. It's fine. Ha, <laughs> ha, yeah. Uh, Ashley adds, I accidentally drank someone's spit cup once and wanted to die. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I go, now Diana's standing right there. I've got, I've got my gloves on, my plastic gloves, and I see what is about to be revealed. The chair is still over most of the uh, debris field. Okay. And um, I go, Kevin, um, I got to show you something and you're, and you're not going to believe it. And he goes, what? He's acting like he's shocked. No, he actually was shocked. He, this is, this is, if this doesn't convince him what he needs to do, and that is wipe his fingers on a napkin, which all day he's going over to the fucking paper towels and getting a fresh one. Then he just brings it over there and puts it in his little foot locker. And then that's the end of it. I don't know why he doesn't use them. And I, I go, I go, do you remember all the times, buddy, that I have, uh, I've, I've, I'm been staying calm. I go, Hey, well, you're probably not going to like this, but I, I got to tell you, um, all the times that we have conversations about you, um, using napkins or paper towels to get food. I didn't say feces, but I meant feces, uh, and tobacco. I've talked to you about wiping your hands and there's a garbage can right there next to him. He doesn't have to get up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I go, well, because you don't do that, this is what we get under the chair. And I pull that fucking chair back and I'm kicking myself for not taking a picture of it. But I mean, just imagine it looks, it looks like how I described it. Like, like the tobacco was just dumped there. That's how much was under that fucking chair. And his eyes get big as fucking saucers. He cannot fucking believe it. Oh my God. He was mortified. I go, yeah, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Um, and he's just like, he's just shocked with himself. So I, I didn't, I didn't lose my shit. I didn't get impatient. I go, yeah, this is, this is why, this is why I say it because this is what accumulates here. This, and then this piles up. I go, can you just do do me that favor? Have a, a paper towel nearby. Wipe your hands when you're done and then throw it in the garbage can, which is right next to you. Uh, and he goes, yeah, yeah. I go, okay, I appreciate that. And a little, a little bit of time later, he goes, I'm so sorry. I go, hey, don't worry about it. Not, not the end of the world. Um, you know, I also had to uh, remain calm because if I did that in front of Pooh Bear, she'd have kicked my ass. But I, I think I would have stayed calm either way. I have lost my shit on him before, but I wasn't about to on that uh, at this particular time. Uh, Aram says, actually, Tim says, sweep it all up and put it back in the tobacco can. 
Uh, Kenny says he's like, I'm not familiar with the reference, but it says 10 second Tom guy on 51st dates. He doesn't remember stuff. You tell him moments after telling him, okay, that adds up. Doctor, don't wipe fingers on clothes. NFK, done. Yes, he does listen to the doctor. Uh, might need to surround the chair with a drop cloth to remind him. Chris says he's like O'Neal. You have to shame him when he does it. And then Cole similarly adds, did he grab an empty tin and gather all the loose chew up for later? Oh, shit. Darla, come here. Oh, so this isn't done yet. Now we have to get the chair out. Now it, it's ripped. It's, it's, uh, and, you know, this is not the cleanest person ever. In fact, it's probably the grossest person that's ever walked on God's green earth. Dan and I have to get this chair out. Hang on, I gotta put Darla on the couch. Big girl. So big. Um, so we start walking it out the door. And then we realize it's so oversized, we're going to have to tip it on its side and angle it out. Which means that uh, we have to do some more work in order to just transport it out of the home. Now this is going right to the dump. Like I'm putting it in my truck and just flipping it into the dump into the, uh, you know, area where you, where you dump. And, uh, in order to get it out of the house though, we have to get the vacuum and vacuum all of the shit. Cause there's so much shit. Cause we, we took the, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Cushion off and underneath it is just, Oh my God. It, it, it looks like, uh, the floor of the ocean when that fucking submersible imploded. It's, it's just so much debris, little tiny bits of it. Uh, Kenny with a rev- a reference that I don't get all caps pivot. Aram says it would be interesting to see an autopsy of the chair. So I vacuum that fucking thing up. I go, all right, now we got to get it out of here. So we get it out of there and, uh, we get it out of the house and I set it down now. Um, important to note something. Earlier in the day, Darla was outside and I picked up like a, a, a poop and, and I had a bag. I, I cleaned up after her and I, I put a knot on it and I put it on top of the garbage can. For some reason, I didn't throw it out. I think I was in the middle of something or I was distracted. I didn't actually put it into the garbage can. Um, so there was a lot of flies around the bag and the flies are pissed off. Because they can't get to the shit. They, they want to eat the shit. Which is uh, one of the reasons, side note, that, boy, out of all the insects on the planet, the ones that flock to the shit, it just, nothing nauseates me more than when I'm at some kid's graduation party in the garage and even one fly lands on anything. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not eating that. 
I know where those legs have been. He's been, it's tropping around in some shit. So the flies are all around that bag. Now, a little science experiment for you, and I'm not kidding you. As the day wore on, the flies ignored the bag of shit and were actually on the chair. They were flying around the bag, not on the bag, just flying around it. They went, they prefer the chair over shit. Now, if that doesn't indicate to you the filth level of what is on that chair, if, if flies who prefer shit are, are choosing, it's like the old fucking Pepsi versus Coke taste test in the eighties. They they're, they're saying, Oh my God, fuck this delicious pile of shit. We have this chair. It's a giant pile of shit. We have so much. Can you imagine? The flies have even uh, shown us how how much shit is on that fucking chair. Oh, the, the bag of shit is pristine at this point. There, there's no flies on the goddamn bag. They're all on the chair. They're all buzzing around. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This is in my fucking house. Oh, shit. Oh, the, the things. Uh, Ashley asked if I own a blue light. Is that one of those lights that shows you like it illuminates all the, the human fluids and stuff? Is that what, is that what that is? Oh God. Well, all right. We'll be, um, we will be repeating this in a couple of years. I can promise you. Uh, uh, this this story will 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 manifest again. Except he might have like a sawed off face uh, at about that time because of the amount of tobacco he's consuming. Wow. Uh, so after I swept up the floor and got it all cleaned up, and and he was feeling quite sheepish, and he apologized. And I go, eh, don't worry about it, buddy. Don't worry about it. You see, um, he uh. As, as, as this left and I got all that out of there, I then, he started feeling bad because I then uh, filled up a bucket full of hot water with like a heavy duty disinfectant. I'm like scrubbing the floor right in front of him. I have to do all this fucking work. And he's just looking at me like, and he's, he was shamed. He felt terrible about that. So I didn't shit. I didn't say shit. I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just adding up points. Okay, I score points with Pooh Bear here. I help take care of her brother. I, uh, which, by the way, I have to take him to the dentist today. I'm in charge of all the things like that. I remain calm. More Pooh Bear points. Uh, having these moments happen, and then I'm cashing in the points by discussing them with you. I am getting, somehow I'm going to get paid. Ultimately, uh, this story is spectacular, and I am going to give it to you. This is this is the trade-off. Live here as long as you want. You don't have to pay a dime. I don't give a shit. Just come here. 
uh, love up your sister. It's her last living relative. Of course you can move in. Absolutely. I am going to talk about all of this. Thank God that this is the way it is because it allows me to uh, park on the, the this ridiculous relationship that has to happen, this coexistence. Um, yeah, that's it. Aram says there will be royalties through best of segments. This is this is giving. I have been using tales like this for uh, material since I was a child. This is it's all about life. To Eric, is this look at something? And then tell people about it. That's it. Wash, rinse, repeat since I was 16 years old. Nothing more to it. Holy fuck. Maureen says, will the NFK get the profit from his name, image, likeness on the t-shirts? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I get 100. There is cost to him living here. Uh, there is expense that's associated with it. That's the trade-off. Live here as long as you want, and everything else is mine. Uh, Eric has a child, Kenny says. We don't really have many stories from your your school days, do we? Oh, you know, I'm I'm sure sure we do. They, uh, They pop up at random times as they enter my brain. Corey describes it as that's his rent. Ryan says you can't be a fraudster or big fraud Zane if you don't capitalize. Chris says, of course we have stories from Eric's past. Two live crew on 89.1 WPHS. Your one and only rap station in the city of Warren. We're back after a long, long, long departure. departure. Three and a half months to be exact. We're going to keep it going with Heavy D and, and the, the boys. boys. You know, when I play those, um, I can actually make my current voice sound exactly like that. IMKO says, what is this accent? Is this the first time you've heard this? I've played this for years now. Uh, maybe you're relatively new, but yeah, that's my first radio gig in high school uh, doing a rap show. And that's how white guys from Warren, Michigan, right next to Detroit, the suburbs, sound black. Yo, two live crew, I'm bad. Attention in the city of Warren. This is Easy Easy Rap on 89.1 WPHS. We're gonna gonna tear tear it up. up. The favorite songs from your favorite artists. We've got two hours. Eight Eight till 10 p.m. I'm gonna wanna hear those phone calls. 751 FM89 is the number. Let's hear your suggestions. Let's hear your suggestions. Let's start it off right away with Run DMC together forever. Hey yo man, can we see the mics, man? One, one two, one, two, and I say 
Corey says, what an abortion? Bullshit. That is legend. <laughs> Mitch says, legend has it that Zane was bit by a radioactive black man before this gig. And that is why he was able to sound like that. WPHS. That was MC Shad D. Before that, we had Run DMC together forever. We're going to keep it going with my main man, LL Cool J. I'm bad. I'm bad. That's a great song, by the way. Nobody can rap quite like I can. I'll take a... Wait, what is the... What are the okay, hold on a second. I got to hear it now. Something about muscle-bound man and put his face in the sand. Nobody can rap quite like I can. I'll take a muscle-bound man and put his face in the With sand. With go dollar deal, your dollar never tasted so good. So oh, everyone's going to get it. I know it. you hear a commercial right now. Audio check, video check. I don't know, Willie's really smart. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Buy one, get one for a buck. Hand the rest of these flies out so these knuckleheads can stop taking drugs, all right? We'll see you later. There's LL. She's in love with him. Oh! You see? So, they, they abduct the chick, okay? And LL's pissed. Rap quite like I can. I take a muscle bound man and put his face in the sand. Not the last mafioso, I'm a MC cop. Make it say LL to do the wop. If you think you cannot rap me, yeah, boy, I bet. Cause I ain't met a motherfucker who can do that yet. Trendsetter, I'm better. My rhymes are good. I got a gold plate. That's as I wish you would. Begin then. I gotta join in and before my rhyme is over, you know I'm a win. Cool chance arrive, so you better make way. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. Cool J. Cool J. Cool J. Okay. I probably got a uh, Twitch ticket. Uh, Patrick says, I love the beat. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Uh, that was when they would make it themselves. You know? Uh, the track suit ages well. I've never heard this before in my entire life. Mini Fraud Zane on 89.1. Let's hear your suggestions. I am KO walking down the street, beating my meat. That's the old uh, easy rhyme uh, from the radio days. I'm bad. Hello, Cool J. I'm bad. Anyway, uh, I will uh, go ahead and link up the Hello, Cool J song to the links. 
uh, when I'm done with the show. Okay, where am I now? I don't even know what the fuck is going on. Uh, thank you so much for supporting on Patreon. The Patreon has been somehow, I've somehow managed to get it to take off again. Which is just very, uh, very satisfying. You know, I've been working at it for more than four and a half years. And uh, I, I a lot of it had to do with uh, the new shows we've put out. Who are these Zanes? Who are these free beers? Um, and, and the free trial, the seven day free trial. So if you are enjoying the show, this show, this is separate. This is the free podcast. Everybody checks this one out. But, um, I mean, for those people who do check it out, it's all free of course, but Patreon is ad free listener supported, which means your dollars drive it. And I, I put a lot into it. There's a lot of content that goes up there each week, uh, including the shows that I just mentioned this week, we're going to debut who are these Justins, which is that cat that was on the free beer and outwing show. He was, I guess my replacement or something like that. It was really, no, I think they, they, they took, uh, St. Gaslight and made him the host. Okay. And then they made this Justin guy like the producer, but that guy did not have a chance. Um, you see, when you go on the Free Beer and Hot Wing show, everyone gets a microphone. I don't know why they do that. Um, any more than three is way too many. Way too many. And when you have those three, Greg, Chris, Joe, I, I mean, I would assume that. I mean, that's what we were always successful doing when it was Eric, Greg, Chris. But uh, they went ahead and then they, they they brought everybody into the studio, including this Justin guy, who um, is a mess. He is an absolute mess. Uh, I think, I'm guessing pretty strong behind the scenes, but has no business whatsoever being near a microphone. And it's not that his voice sounds bad because he actually has a, uh, a pretty warm voice. I think if he did some, um, type of, uh, I don't want to say voice acting, but pre like commercial commercial work, I think he could pull that off, but he doesn't have a fucking brain cell in his head. Um, the, the big killer when it comes to people like, uh, him and in that in that industry is stupidity. And and this is a, a dumb fuck. This guy is dumb as shit. So that's a dangerous combo. You get a guy who thinks he's got, and he thinks he's okay. He thinks he's like good at this shit, but he's not, he's a fucking moron. And it's evident. Now I hadn't really heard him too much on the Freeburn Howling show, but I have heard him on this fucking podcast of his, which I reached out to the dumb shit. And I said, dude, I want you on my show. There's a lot of uh, shared audience between my show and their show. They love to hear what's going on with you. Let me interview you about your show. And this guy is so fucking stupid. He wouldn't even do that. So I was like, all right, fuck you. I'm going to get mine one way or the other. Now, if he had done that, I wouldn't be making fun of him. It's all that whole, you can't uh, make fun of him if you know him. You know, it's funny till it's funny till I don't know him. No, it's funny because I don't know him is what we used to say. So fuck him. I'm going to fucking uh, review his show. That's what we're going to do. So Ben and I are going to review 
uh, Justin's podcast this week. And that is expected to be a regular thing until Justin pod fades and he will pod fade. Pod fade is after, and I gave him 20 episodes. Once you do most podcasts, like 90, 95% of podcasts, according to one study fade and people just stop doing them. Once they get near the 20 mark, usually before. Uh, so I will be reviewing Justin's podcast and that will be on Patreon. So this is a great time for you to sign up for Patreon for free. Holy shit. dot com slash Eric Zane. You get seven days for free. You're like, what's the catch? Okay. He, these are the catches. Catch one. You have to put in a payment form. Why is that? Well, because if you go more than the seven days free, then you get charged. Um, but complete transparency. If you cancel it a day after you sign up, you're still going to get the seven days. It just won't charge you. I throw it out there like that because I don't want you to think that I'm tricking you. And as it's worked out, I've had, uh, quite a strong success rate getting people to sign up. So I, I, I make sure that you know what you're dealing with. Uh, five or $10 a month, $5 is all the audio. $10 a month is the audio, the video and the live streams. Um, it's important that if you want like, uh, the stuff, uh, the live, if you pay the 10 bucks for the audio video live streams, you're going to get all the shows early. You're going to get Ben and Eric early with video you're going to get who are these free beers early. You're going to get who are these Zanes early because we, when we do it live, we'll do it live. I make it available to folks who are on, are on the $10 a month tier two level. It's also an option if you like it to sign up for a year and I'll take 10% off and then you're done with it. You don't have a monthly payment. And Patreon's wonky because I know people have been like, fuck, I was signed up and it was charging me and then it stopped. So I don't know what the fuck is up with their platform. But anyway. Um, patreon.com slash Eric Zane. I just remembered that last week, Friday, um, I, I, I didn't even kick the uh, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube audience out. I, they were there the whole show. I didn't, I didn't ditch them. Sorry about that to the folks on Twitch. So if you are on Facebook watching this show right now or Twitter or YouTube, I'm going to kick you out. The only way to get the full show is to catch it on Twitch. Download the Twitch app on your mobile device. Once you do that, give yourself a little name so you can interact with the rest of the crew here. And then off you go. You you then follow my page. After you download the app, you search Eric Zane Live. All one word. Follow. And then link up your Amazon Prime and subscribe. Now you don't have to do any of this, but if you want the show free, you do all these things. It's awesome. Cause Twitch, you can be listening to it. You can uh, dim the screen and run it through your Bluetooth and you can get me live 8 AM to 10 AM Eastern time, Monday through Friday. That's when I'm on. All right. So uh, if you need more info on that or you're lost or you're like, I can't do it cause I'm old and stupid. Uh, send me an email, eric at ericzaneshow.com on the Shoreliner Striping inbox, and I will 
uh, help you through it. I, I don't know exactly the amount of people on Twitch that are following. I know it's more than a thousand. We've built it up to that. Started at zero. Thank you for following. If you've done that in the past, it's free to watch a show on Twitch. You will get some ads. If you're not subscribed at some point, if you're subscribed, the ads go away. Corey just subscribed. I finally convinced him. All right. So that's a lot of talking about me. Facebook, have a great day. Twitter, have a great day. YouTube, have a great day. Twitch and Facebook brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Facebook, uh, I'm sorry. Twitter brought to you by Blue Frost IT. And uh, there you go. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Corey says Twitch rapes your ass with the ads. Oh yeah. Big time. The shit ain't free. I mean, somebody's somehow they're going to get their money and they're going to do it in making you watch ads. That's why it's worth it to link up your Amazon prime account and subscribe. Once you link up, you can then subscribe. Patrick referring to the, who are these Justin show says this will be great. Oh, it is. This guy stinks. Uh, Corey says he got really pissed off when Joe came back from his arrest and he had to go back to the producer chair. Is that right? He adds also, he was entertaining when we could hear about his meth filled trailer park. He grew up in. Linda says they let him talk slash lie too much. That's the thing. The guy, he would always um, have these uh, outrageous stories that seemed he was so bad at telling them that uh, they were ridiculously unbelievable and not convincing in any way to actually be true. Uh. Corey says he got the act like a host. He got to act like a host when Joe was gone the first time. And then when he had to go back, he was kind of butthurt. And then he left and got that job in Chicago. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, he's doing a podcast now and I'm anxious to find out more about it. I know what I did pick up already about the guy is he, he tends to do, um, he, he's, he's not shaken the radio vibe yet. Uh, the radio vibe, um, what I mean by that is typically, like, for example, what I do on this show, uh, I do the podcast, and 99% of the time, I just trim the beginning so that it starts quickly, and I trim the ending so that it ends quickly, and I leave everything in the middle alone and, and don't touch it. The only thing I might edit would be if I say the N-word repeatedly, which I haven't had to do that yet, 
Or if I take a pee and there's like music intermission, I'll just cut that out. But I just, I just post it. I mean, it's, it's, that's why it's, uh, it's, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's the way uh, people talk when they're presenting. Where he fucks up right away is he starts to edit every single second of the fucking thing. And it's remarkably squeaky clean. And there's no pauses that sound natural. It's all, it's really over edited and it's, it's so rapid fire. It's painful. It's not, it, 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 when you hear it, you'd be like, what, what's happening here? There's something that's not jiving with my psyche. It's because people don't talk the way he's presenting. And uh, Linda points this out. He thinks he's a motivational speaker. The day I'm motivated by him, shoot me. Um, what he also does, what she's referring to there is he's constantly like giving these, uh, one to grow on speeches and telling people that their, their life, you're worth it. And every, some someone right out there, someone loves you and all this fucking it's, it's as, ugh, it's just icky. It just Crest Vax writes family, family, family. And I think that's something the guy does. He's, it's like, ugh. and, and not that that's a bad message. It just rings so fucking hollow <laughs> the way he says it. Um, young Adam Schwab says, I only listened to the first episode. Never, never, never again. I remember you sent me that review. I think at some point I have to read your review of his show. It's so bad. Um, Let's see. Family, family, family. No, that's from H3. A shout out. Okay. I don't, I don't get the reference. Um, It's so bad that I think that I, you know, one show probably can't get through one show of his. It would have to take me several shows to get through just one of his. Ashley adds the fake laugh is really irritating. Like frequently he'll say something and, and he's like me, he's alone, but then he will uh, say something that's, that's not funny and he'll lose his shit laughing. So whatever the joke might be, he'll go, <laughs> Now imagine me doing that. You would, you'd be like, Oh fuck. There's nothing I can say on this show that could ever be funny enough to make me laugh. If I ever chuckle at something I say, it's, it's because I'm thinking about how it's landing something that I'm saying. Like if I bark out something that I know is, a fucking a horrible thing to say that if you said it on the street, you'd be shot. Then I think about how you hear it and, and what you're doing. You're shaking your head. You're going, Oh my God, Jesus, fuck the fuck is wrong with you. That's what makes me laugh. It's not that it's fucking funny to me or when I know I'm upsetting like someone like Kenny, like he says, uh, you usually turn away from the mic anyway. <laughs> yes, that's true. Or when you tell me, when you tell me something that I've done, I might laugh at that, but it's not going to be some 
fucking fake over the top. <laughs> you asshole. So everything about the guy is the most unnatural, unnerving thing you're ever going to hear. I think who are these Justins has potential to blow away all of these other review shows. Like who are these Zanes and who are these free beers? You know, you got to understand who are these free beers? It actually comes from a place of hate. Okay. Because of my hatred for Greg and I only hate Greg. Someone said to me, I think it was Adam, boy, you really hate him. And I said, no, no, I don't. No, I think I do. I th- I'm, I'm going back on what I said. I think I might actually hate that guy. Okay. That comes from a place of hate, which is not healthy, but fuck it. Who gives a shit? Um, but Justin, it's, I don't know that fucking guy, but, oh God, this is going to be devastating. Aaron says a lot of people have listened to his podcast. I have not. You should, because if you hear it, especially the first episode, and it is called No Please, you can find his podcast, No Please. I'm going to just start with episode one, and then you'll have an idea. You'll be able to uh, have an easier time relating to what we're talking about because you've, you know, had it teased, and you can form your own impressions about it. And of course, we'll be showing the show uh, live on Patreon. So it's going to be fucking great. I cannot wait. Corey says so much free advertising for him. That's true. Absolutely true. Uh, Kenny said hate is a strong word, man. Hate is something hard to keep inside without taking control of your mind. Don't give him that control. Just a thought. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's totally cool. It keeps me motivated. Are you telling me that just because you say hate that, that it has like, it can consume your brain. That that's silly to think about. It's either you don't like, or you like, and who gives a shit if you throw a word in there, words need to stop, you know, making people go, Oh no, you hate. All right. Your old pal EZ has to go tinkle. Before I go, I do want to mention that the open and live stream of this show is brought to you by A&E Heating and Cooling. 616-516-8579. The immortal Joe Martinez. 616-516-8579 for A&E Heating and Cooling. Um, okay. The heat dome Hasn't quite settled on West Michigan, but it's still quite warm. So you need that AC going at least some point during the day. And if you have not done this, if you're like a homeowner and you've never had your AC tuned and cleaned, if you haven't done this in the past year, uh, this is a ticking time bomb. You sure as hell don't want a sensitive piece of equipment like an air conditioner uh, compromised or working harder than it needs to because of all the dust, dirt, and debris that accumulates on the mechanisms that keep your home cool. All right. So preventative maintenance is important. $79 is the AC tune. 
uh, here in the middle of summer. You can get that done from A&E Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579. Call Joe today. Or if something's the matter with it, you need some scheduled maintenance taken care of, or you know maybe just a uh, problem popped up, uh, you can uh, make a call and have that taken care of. And God forbid you have an after-hours service call. Because you will be waking up a cranky Mexican um, if you do the after. The first thing he's going to say is, ay, ay, ay. And he's going to say, can it wait until 8 a.m. or else I'm going to bend you over the pinata. And if you say, no, you got to get here now. All right. Big bucks right out of the gate. Now, some of the audience, I know you're rolling in dough. You're millionaires. but So it ain't going to matter. But uh, 616-516-8579. In fact, if you got a ton of money, just call Joe Martinez. Even if you don't have a problem and wake up, wake him up and have him come to your house with the smell of Dos Equis on his breath. And then just give him the money and say, I want to make sure that you'd come. EZ told me to do this. This is a terrible idea. Thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. 231-332-6505. Anywhere in the U.S., you call up Mario and get a mortgage. Okay, now not everybody is going to go buy the $700,000 house. Mario realizes that. He caters to the folks like my son, who's in the market for his first time home. He's trying to get out of that fucking tin can. That's a story. Holy shit. Uh, so, you know, if you're in the market for the uh, house that, you know, the $150,000 house, absolutely call Mario today. He'll handle all your questions and uh, take care of you to make sure that you have everything you need to get that first mortgage. 231-332-6505. Ask for the EZ red carpet service. Fuck, everybody gets a red carpet service. But mention my name, please, when you call Mario from anywhere in the U.S. and he can help you. 231 332 6505. Uh, Tyler says, no, let the hate flow through you. Cole says, you can do a Who Are These Free Beers slash Justin's crossover show from one of the old Free Beer and Hot Wings shows with him on there. That's a great idea. I don't, I don't know if I have access to those shows. No, I think I do. Maybe I don't. I don't know if I have access to those shows. Oops. Bruce, I just kicked Bruce in the head. Uh, Cole also adds, and back in those days, it would talk shit about you every now and then, which would be funny to hear. Yeah, that, that absolutely. I'd love to hear them talking shit about me. Uh, if you are watching the Twitch stream, this is remarkable to be north of one hour of time doing the show and still 42 viewers. That might be some kind of record for your old pal, EZ. Yep, that's right. They're hanging out with your old Hammenager pal, EZ. Rest in peace to your ears. I will be back in just a second with an update on my knee. Kenny says, how's the knee and the walking backwards stuff? Hold on, I'll be right back. I'll tell you. Tyler writes, because of that loud audio that I... I threw in there. Sorry. Excuse me while I tend to my bleeding ears. Corey says back then in the old days, hot wings used to complain about how you named everything in the drop machine because he didn't know what anything was. Yeah. I I mean, I, I named it because when I would save a drop, 
I would, uh, whatever, I would, I would save it the way I wanted to, and then I would remember it. So he would blame me for the names on the drops when all he had to do, there's a function on there that you can change the name. So if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, stop it, and I uh, named it as Arnold, Arnold S., which I would know stands for stop. Now, all I would do is hit F and then A-R-N, enter, and then you could toggle through it and find it quite quickly. That's the way I did it. I have one of those machines here. I never use it, but I have it. Ding Dong could have very easily have just hit change the change name button. And he could have done it. Instead, he would rather just not try and fucking complain about it every fucking time rather than put the effort forth and change it to his liking. Doesn't matter. He doesn't know how to use the machine. Overall, he's one of the most useless people that have ever been on the radio. Very nice guy. Very sweet, but without a doubt, useless. Horribly useless. Oh, my God. Sucks. Uh, look at that dog. Darla is getting huge, by the way. She's got to be knocking on the door north of 35 pounds at this point. She is uh, growing so damn fast. Fucking A. Kenny wanted an update on the knee. Um, So, yeah, this continues to progress nicely. Trying to build that strength back in that wonky knee of mine where one week ago is when I found out about the walking backwards thing. If you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, knees over toes guy is the dude who um, stresses a certain uh, exercise movement different than what has been preached before where they're like, Oh no, knees can't go over the toes. That that'll hurt them. He's like, no, no, no. You have to put your knees over your toes. You need to stress them and make them strong. And then they're bulletproof. And uh, I immediately implored, uh, employed. Ah, I immediately, what is the word I'm searching for? Implemented. I don't know the techniques and uh, my uh, knee immediately felt better. And that continues to work out. It, it's not perfect, but it is healing. If it, if it got no better at this point, it would be a victory because I can function now. I couldn't do anything. It was terrible. Um, and I thought I was done, but I'm not. In fact, I go there to the gym and I'll do these uh, strength exercises and then I've been, uh, started to jog slowly on the treadmill. Now I'm running. And, uh, Tuesday I ran a, qu- uh, one quarter mile at like three and a half miles an hour. And then Wednesday I did a 10th more 0.35 miles. Thursday I did point, uh, 0.45 miles. And then yesterday I did a half mile, but I was running. I mean, I finished the last 10th of a mile at like, uh, you know, eight and a half minutes, a mile, that pace, the lungs feel good. The heart feels good. Um, it's just getting my, uh, leg up to where I can do it. Now, when I'm doing it, I can, it does, I can feel it doesn't like it that much, but it, I can do it. 
I couldn't even fucking walk last time uh, the, in the weeks leading up to that. And so it, it really feels like it's getting stronger. And I, I mean, I, I can't stress enough how much this has turned it around for me. And I, I've had other people weigh in with that. I was talking with Sarah Rook Ruck Roosh at the racetrack on Saturday. More on that in a second. She's out of fucking control. Uh, she said she started doing it and um, because she was having some knee pain walking backwards or walking up the stairs backwards or something. She was doing something like that. And uh, holy fuck. She's like, yeah, it, it absolutely made me feel better. So I'm all about that. Um, at the track on Saturday, I said to, I was trying to get somebody to go with me. I know uh, Matt Kuypers was going to be there and his, his lovely daughter, Abigail. That's uh, Kevin Kuyper's brother. That is the uh, uh, non-cutie patootie. No cutie patootie. Now, he's he's handsome, but he doesn't qualify as cutie patootie. That's his brother who went to uh, some fucking heavy metal show. I forgot what it was called. In town, there was some stupid thing going on at, at one of those dumbass. It's Kenny music is what it is. Uh, I forgot what it was called. Um, so Kuypers is there. I reached out to Ben, can't go. Reach out to Stu, can't go. Reach out to Kyler, can't go. Upheaval, that's what it's known as. The Upheaval Festival. Whatever. Um, I reach out to Sarah. I go, okay. You should come to the races with Dinah and I. All right. I'm pulling in to the facility, the parking lot. It's a field. I'm like 10 cars from going in and there's a truck, a black truck pulling in. And it looks like there's a, a conversation going on with the guy who like tells you to where to go. And the guy driving the truck. And it's slowing everybody up because it's single file line. And I'm like, what the fuck is that guy in the truck doing? Okay. What, what is going on with him? And I can tell there's some type of disturbance. And finally the asshole gets out of the way. And now I'm going to drive by and like, see who this is. And it's Sarah and her husband, Brad, Brad's driving the fucking truck. And Sarah and Brad are in some type of dispute with the asshole telling you to come in and park. And the reason why is because guy who's telling them where to go wants them to go somewhere. And these idiots don't want to go. They want to go where they want to go. But the guy says, no, I want you to go there. And as I'm driving by, as I'm driving by, I hear the guy who works for Berlin say, people got to listen to me. So, you know, basically she's there one second and she's already started a brawl. He wants them to park in one spot. Sarah is like, no, I park where I want to park. Ah, look at my tits. What the fuck? You haven't. You haven't even officially gotten to the venue yet, and you're already in trouble. So I see it's her. 
She comes stomping out of there. Brad's right behind her. All right. I meet up with her. I go, what the fuck was that about? You fucking slowed everybody up. It was terrible. Well, he wanted us to park there. I go, yeah. Well, that's too far away to park. We don't want to park there. Walk in. She says, oh, man, I hope they don't, because uh, you, you you have, she has a cooler, a little bag cooler. She goes, oh, man, I hope they don't pull out my bottle of wine. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. You're with me. You're my guest, and you bring wine. You know you can't bring booze. I say on the ads for Berlin, no booze and uh, and no glass. She's got a fucking bottle of wine. I'm like, well, they're going to check the bag. She's busted. So I go, I'm not going to be with you. I go in a different line. And she's, this is now the, she's been here uh, one minute. Okay. She's gotten in a fight with the parking guy. And now she's bringing in contraband. It's like, Jesus, fuck. Holy shit. Next thing I know, she's in. And I'm like, how did you do that? She goes, I put it in a different container. My wine in a different container. It's a whole bottle of wine. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, and then before that, Dan is like, I, you didn't tell me I could bring booze. I go, you can't. Oh, I go, I'll, I'll get you a drink. We go get her fucking white claws. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Ain't no laws when you're drinking a girl-like. A girl-like. I can get drunk off like four of them. A girl, I can get drunk off of like four of them. I ain't a boy. I ain't a boy. Uh, we go sit in the grandstands. Um, now I have on this show explained in great detail the moment when Kyler was there and we were surrounded by all of these people. And in the middle of all of these people, he sits down, swabs his titties and starts dropping F-bombs. And then the head's turning and looking at him. I don't know why this is so difficult for some people to understand and why I always pair up with these people who do this. Most people around mixed company don't uh, 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 repeatedly drop F-bombs. In fact, I didn't hear one F-bomb from anyone else around me at Saturday's races except Sarah. And as she drank more of the wine, this became more of an issue. And then she's sitting next to my wife and I have to stand every few minutes because my ass hurts and I'm standing up. So now my dick is at female head level, Diana to my right, Sarah to her right. And Sarah's ogling my dick. She goes, oh my God, Diana, look at that thing. And she goes, I know. 
they're both drinking. And then they're they're both horny and they're talking about, oh man, that thing just sticks right out. Look at that thing. And that and I can hear them. And I'm like, and everyone can hear them. They're talking about my cock. And then um as they're discussing this, Sarah teaches Diana um the sign for the shocker. Okay. You hold down your ring finger with your thumb, okay? Two in the in the pink, one in the stink. The shocker. And so Diana's like, oh, my God, this is great. I love this. And she's waving the shocker at people during the race. The cars go around the track. She's showing the shocker. I'm like, what, are you, what the fuck is happening here? And so um, Sarah is now using that F-bomb uh, with, with great frequency. And um, now I'm not concerned about the child that's with us because Kuiper's kid, Abigail, she, she doesn't know these fucking words. She's very young. She's got, and she's got uh, um, sound suppressing, uh, what do you call it? Headphones on or whatever the fuck they are, which I'm sure she could still hear you saying it. It's just not as loud. Um, Chris says, did she teach you the minivan too? Two in the front, five in the back. What? Has Sarah dethroned Kyler as big as loudmouth at the races? That's why I was going with this. Yes. She's talking about my dick right in front of all these people. And then I, I look at her like, God damn it, Sarah, when she does it. And she goes, what? The kids got, she's like making a scene. Now the kids got the earphones on and the earplugs on. And I didn't have the, and I'm like, it's not so much the kid, it's everyone else. No one talks like this. Just you. It's off pit because I'm I when she says that she's looking at me when she drops an F bomb. And then I, I see all these older folks that are around us just heads turning, looking at her, and they're like, What the fuck? And I'm like, Yeah, I know. I know. At one point she said something, I forget what it was. Um, and and Matt said something to her. I, I need to get Matt on here. She hit him a heads up with the text. I have his number, don't I? Oh, shit. I don't have his number. Kevin, send me your brother's number immediately. I need to get him on because he was witness to all of this. Uh, Brad was to the right of, actually it was Sarah. And then next to Sarah was her friend and her husband and then Brad. Okay. He's getting up every three minutes to go take a leak and get another beer. Holy fuck. So that was, uh, this is all that I had to put up with. And then, like, the announcer, Jeff Street, goes like, hey, there's Eric Zane. Eric Zane's here. Uh, wave to the crowd, Eric. And I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, buddy. How you doing? And then everyone's like, oh, boy, that Eric Zane, he brought in some fucking loudmouth. Uh, hey, buddy, dot, dot, dot. I'm calling you to talk about Sarah and her mouth at the races. Live on the podcast, period. Incoming. 
me. I'll get shut out. Everyone's too busy for me. Yellow. Hi, Matt. Hey. It was uh, it was great spending time with you the other day. Oh, it was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, those cars are awesome. That was uh, that was a great time. Did uh, did did your little one have a good time? Oh yeah, she had a blast. She loved it. She's very well behaved. When she wants to be. Yeah, she was because to sit there for that amount of time. I mean, she was she was quiet as church mouse. She didn't have to be, but she. Uh, how? What is her age? Three. Uh, she's four. Four. Well, I just loved her. It was nice to meet her and good to see you. Oh yeah, she, I mean she. She got kind of bored when they weren't racing, but. Yeah. For the for the most part, she had a blast. Um. You were witness to what I was just talking about on the show, and that was Sarah. And I was I was talking about the the language, the swearing, the loud. Uh, can you confirm this? Uh, that she was worse than Kyler? Yeah, I can. <laughs> Thank God. All right. Now she's gonna. Here's the thing. She's probably she she sobers up, and then I explain I explain what happened. I'll explain what happened, and then she'll feel bad. And embarrassed oh, yeah. by this, but I mean, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I, and she, she, she kept uh, like saying, "Oh yeah, I can talk like this because the little one has her earphones on." I was like, "Well, I'm sure she can still hear you." And the other thing is, it's not just the little ones; everyone's fucking looking at you. Yeah, I mean, my daughter had those uh, headphones that you can actually hear normally. Yes, when people are talking. Right. Yes. So. <laughs> It was intense. I was like, come on, man. And, uh, God, it, it, I, I think there was one point when you said something and she thought you were picking on me and you said, no, I'm talking to you. Oh, I remember what it is, but I can't think of what it was. <laughs> like me. Yeah. And she was like, what, what? And the kid's got her earphones on. She's fine. It's like, oh boy, I don't know, Sarah. Holy shit. It was the wine talking. Oh, absolutely. Because she wasn't like that. Till, well, actually, you know what? She was a problem. Literally, I don't know if you heard this part of the show. She was a problem before I got there. Because when I was driving into the parking lot, I was witnessing the interaction between her and the guy who tells you where to park. Yeah. And she was actually screaming at that guy about where to park. Oh. It was one thing after another. Uh, I guarantee you should probably pregame then, huh? Yeah, I believe it. Okay. Hey, thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you later, okay? Yep. See you, man. There you go. That is uh, Cutie Patootie's non, non-patootie, uh, known officially as No Patootie, Matt Kuypers. Wonderful soul. Great family. Love him. Kenny says Sarah normally is a riot. Sarah with some alcohol is insanely hilarious. Yes, but in a group setting like that, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I care for that. That's why I yelled at Kyler. I was like, dude, if you start to lose your shit again, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to hang out with you if you do that. And then the next time we went, he was perfect. He was absolutely, he was subdued. I was a little worried. Um, you see with that, you have, um, either one extreme or the other, you got to find the, the sweet spot, have fun, but you, you don't need to act like a goddamn psychopath. 
Don't talk like me in public. If you talk like me doing the show in, I would never in a million years ever think to talk like I do on this show in public. It's different. It's way different. So don't do that. It's horrible. It's, it's, I, I, I love you too much to make, it hurts me to have to tell you how awful that is because I love you to death. You're the best. I love you. I love Brad. But when you, you're, 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 yeah, yeah. Look at that cock. Oh my God. Look at his dick. Oh, fuck Diana. Fucking a nice cock. I might've exaggerated that a little, but whatever. Oh shit. I think I could have done them both right there in the stands. Holy shit. Uh, Brian says, surprise, you didn't enter into some kind of key swap. Kenny says, highly inappropriate, but it adds to the hilarity of it. Right. If you're observing it like you are through the story, if you're in the room, oh, no, no, no. Uh, Amanda says she's the one that called Saul Harry. Now that was cute. That was my favorite. Sarah is sober Sarah because hilarious, but doesn't drop F bombs. All right. She's going to be all butthurt now, but I'm sorry. That's the way it goes. All right. Uh, moving on. We got to talk about the serial killer. Oh man. Uh, just in time for the writer's strike and the actor's strike, there's some new entertainment coming. Uh, we have a new serial killer that the world is going to be completely enthralled with. I don't even remember his name off the top of my head. It is Rex something. Uh, Rex Hewerman. Rex Hewerman. Uh, lives in Massapequa Park, New York, right across the bay uh, from Long Island or from where Gilgo Beach is. And uh, he is a, uh, I think he's a, a, an architect or something like that. Pretty successful, works at a great, has a firm in New York City, goes to New York City every day. Uh, Ten years ago, cops say he started to murder chicks and uh, throw their bodies all along Gilgo Beach in various areas of Long Island. Uh, and um, there was a, if I understand this, a description of a vehicle uh, and, and him. There, there was a, but the, the, the trail grew cold. And um, this is, it's all coming out very slowly. But uh, this guy, uh, the cops kind of started to figure out it was him recently. And then there was some um, suggestions made on after advancements in DNA evidence that kind of led them, perhaps. Um, there's a lot of holes in the story, which we'll find out over time. And uh, they got them uh, uh, honing in on this Rex Hewerman guy. And so then the investigators were watching him from afar. He had no idea it was being watched. And he threw out a fucking pizza in the city into the garbage can. And they, they fished it out after he ate some of the pizza. And they were able to 
uh, scientifically extract some of his DNA and be able to compare it to evidence found at the crime scenes from these dead chicks. And then that led to the arrest on Friday. So three, possibly four, and with the strong chance that many more, 11 bodies have been found over the years. And uh, this is the old double life thing where he's got like wife, kids, a whole deal. And uh, just, it reminds me of BTK, you know? Radio voice Linda says, can't wait for the Dateline in 2020 episodes on this, on this story. Uh, in fact, I'm going to, uh, there's a CBS uh, news story uh, about this thing that I think I have. Yes, I do. I do. Okay. Hang on now. Audio check video check. This is never an easy process. We begin. Suspected serial killer on New York's Long Island has been arrested. 59 year old Rex Huerman was charged with the murders of three young women Friday. Officials. Now he looks like a psychopath there, but He's very clean cut and shit. He's he's kind of a nerd, actually. Say he is also the prime suspect in a fourth murder. The remains of the victims, along with seven others, were found near Gilgo Beach on the south shore of Long Island more than 10 years ago. The suspect is a Manhattan architect who lived across the bay from the crime scenes. He has pleaded not guilty. Meg Oliver takes us inside the case. Rex, did you do it? Say Rex Hewerman, a New York City architect, big dude, is the suspected serial killer they've been hunting for over a decade. Hewerman lived on this quiet street in Massapequa, Long Island. He was arrested near his Manhattan office last night and arraigned today. Rex Hewerman is a demon that walks among us, a predator. That ruined families. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Lead investigator or something. Prosecutors said investigators were led to Hewerman initially after a witness reported seeing a pickup truck when one of the victims disappeared in 2010. Investigators later recovered his DNA from a pizza crust. He discarded in Manhattan and matched it to genetic material found on the bodies. Where do they get the pizza box? They also linked him to other evidence, including burner phones used to arrange meetings with the victims. Okay, so I don't know if this is like uh, prostitution. They, I don't know if they've indicated that yet, but he was like would meet the chicks and then that would happen. We're continuing to execute search warrants and we anticipate getting more evidence. Today, Hewerman was charged with murder in the deaths of three women and is the prime suspect of another victim whose bodies were first discovered on Long Island in 2010. That Melissa Bartholomew, uh, it, it wasn't this news report. Maybe they'll mention it in case they don't. I'll say it now. Um, Hewerman, cops say, got her cell phone after he killed her and then would call the family from that phone to taunt them. The women, all sex workers, were found wrapped. There you go, sex workers. In burlap bags. Shannon Gilbert was among those who went missing after making this desperate call to 911. What always strikes me about the sex workers is that these all look like, you know, from, I don't know where these images are taken from. I don't know, maybe it was a different point in their life when they weren't a sex worker, but they always look like just everyday daughters and wives and and shit like that you know it's there there there's the stereotype that a sex worker 
looks like a sex worker. I'm not. This looks like a mom. In all, police found the remains of 11 people in the area of Gilgo Beach, including a toddler. What? The killing. That he killed a toddler. It's terrorized residents around 40 miles from New York. That hasn't been linked to him yet, but that body was found there. I'm sure that they will be linked to him over time. City for more than a decade. To wake up and find out that that's where he lived. Shocking. On his website, Hewerman posted this interview that he gave last year, bragging about his work in New York City for 35 years. When a job that should have been routine suddenly becomes not routine, I get the phone call. That's the dude. Hiding in plain sight. Double, that's BTK. In 2020, Melissa Cann spoke to 48 Hours correspondent Aaron Moriarty about the day her sister, Maureen Brannard Barnes, was discovered. What I want most is answers and justice, and I also want that the world to know, like, my sister mattered. Hewerman pleaded not guilty today. Based on the heinous nature of these crimes, he's being held without bail. His next court date is August 1st. Catherine? Meg Oliver, thank you for your reporting. Let's bring in Mary Ellen O'Toole. She's a retired FBI special agent and the director of the forensic science program at George Mason University. So let's talk about the big difference first that technology made in this case. Yeah, it's it's incredible how far we've come in terms of forensic science. Um, so we've got um, incredible advances in DNA um, and then in cell phones. So that really made a difference in this case. And what's so interesting is that this offender committed these murders 10 years ago, thinking that um, none of this would have become significant and that he probably committed the perfect crime. And the the issue is that he left forensic evidence behind. We just needed to wait for the technology to catch right. up. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made that point. Look, some of this DNA evidence they're using is kind of very new, very revolutionary. Has it been tested in court? Yes, it has, but it will be really tested in this case. And so that's what the defense will will um, bring to the case is all the questions about how is it collected? How is it processed? How is it analyzed? How is it interpreted? What are the credentials of the people who did all of that work? So it's it's not just the analysis itself. It will be a whole assortment of questions that the defense will pose to each one of the experts that come into that courtroom. You know, based on your decades of criminal investigative experience, does this suspect fit the serial killer profile? I get that question a lot. And I will say this, what we do know about most serial sexual killers, because his motivation was sexual, is that most have a psychopathic personality. The old term was sociopath. So these are people without a conscience. These are people with no remorse, but they tend to be glib and charming when you meet them. And there, there are... Yeah, could be any old Joe. Um, other traits and characteristics of a psychopath. So beyond that, though, they kill differently. They use different weapons. Um, they physically look very different. Most are because... And then they, like, paint the victims as uh, as the ones who deserved it, you know? Because they are glib and charming, fly under the radar screen. You might even be, you know, a car salesman or fucking radio guy. You never know. Any old joke. Um, people, their neighbors think they're nice guys, but... 
is you dig deeper into their pathology, they, there's uh, large differences between them. So there's not a single profile of a serial sexual killer. You know, based on the evidence that's publicly available, what are some of the possible motives? Well, sexual is is the motive. She already, she already said that. Here, he was killing for sexual purposes. And this sounds, um, I mean, this is very dark, but when serial killers are strangling, stabbing, shooting their victims, they're sexually aroused by it. So their motivation is for sexual arousal. And in this case, I think we could even consider that sexual sadism could have been a part of that. What is sexual sadism? It is a paraphilic behavior, but the offender is sexually aroused by the victim's response to the infliction of physical or emotional pain. Wow, that's that's crazy to think. I mean, I think about like when I'm getting ready to batch and uh, I, there's no way I'm ever thinking about like someone dying or strangling someone. I mean, that, that would be the furthest thing from my brain. Uh, so it's just, it's just crazy to me to think that that's what's actually happening there. They're suffering. So that's terrible. I, it is. In, and we see that in the phone calls that he's made to the victim's family, which probably caused him to be. There it is. She's, uh, that's what I was indicating earlier. Aroused in the same way as he heard the family's pain on the other end of the phone. Uh, Marianne O'Toole, thank you so much for your analysis. You're right. It is a very dark story. Thank you. That was weird. Um, a little bit more to this. The uh, the FBI, when this first went down, they had established a profile, the old John Douglas mind hunter thing, of the killer back in 2011. New York Times article says, in Gilgo Beach killings in arrest, bears out a decade-old prediction. In 2011, experts made a list of characteristics they predicted that the suspect would have. Dude uh, checks many of the boxes. Um, Let's see. On Friday, details began emerging about Rex Hewerman was arrested and charged with murder and the killings of three of the women. 59 years old, married white man, works, uh, like they said, in the architect field. Uh, when I heard the news yesterday, I had to smile myself to myself because it was pretty much what I had predicted. I don't know if I would have said that if you're the uh, criminologist here being quoted Scott Bond. Scott Bond had made a profile back then of the guy, and it kind of matched up. So his quote is, hey, I had to smile because it's what I predicted. Well, you sound like a psychopath too. Um, in 2011, Bon, then an assistant professor of sociology at Drew University in Madison, New Jersey, predicted that the killer would be someone who can walk into a room and seem like, I'm not making this up. He said, your average Joe. End of quote. The man would be organized, he believed, and careful about his work. 
He told the New York Times that the killer was likely to be persuasive enough and rational enough to persuade his victims to meet him on his terms. Bond said on Saturday that he was not surprised to learn about Hurman's profession, who is more organized, who is more meticulous than someone who studied engineering and architecture. Hurman would have to be persuasive to sell his skills. Prolific serial killers tend to be extremely careful not to leave behind evidence and can hide in plain sight, blending into their communities. They generally have jobs and families, and they kill part-time. It's not their sole activity in life. Those who work with Uriman said he was extremely fastidious, impressing some clients while exasperating others with his attention to detail. Some of his neighbors described him as an average man whom they wouldn't think of as anything but a businessman. That sounds just like BTK, you know, uh, low on the totem pole. Well, this guy isn't low on the totem pole, but uh, unassuming in nature. To others, he was someone to avoid, though. A glowering, towering individual they would see in the front yard of a low-slung, dilapidated house, they said. We would cross the street, said Nicholas Furchaw, 24, a neighbor. He was somebody you didn't want to approach. Uh, Serial killers have uh, seemingly contradictory personalities, Dr. Bond said. These individuals live compartmentalized lives. He said, noting that Hewerman obviously functioned very highly, had his own architecture firm and picked up his briefcase, got on the train, went into the city every day, went to Manhattan, was able to function. But then he said, it's almost like the flip of a switch and just become another individual completely when he's killing. Holy fuck. Wow. Yeah, when I, w- I was on the huge show on Friday again, and I, I saw, uh, uh, I didn't know what the fuck it was because I hadn't heard of this case. I just keep, uh, I kept uh, seeing Gilgo Beach, Gilgo Beach. What is this Gilgo Beach about? My God. Um, Ryan says the air, okay. Ryan says the Eric Zane show podcast would like to remind you that this is a work of fiction names, characters, places, and incidents. Others are products or either are products of Eric Zane's imagination or used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Amanda says there has to be a documentary about these killings and how they haven't found the guy yet. I'm going to see if I could find it. Well, yeah, why don't you go ahead, Amanda? And then when you find all the information out, you can tell us all before we see it. Tell me that you saw that one coming, Amanda. This is this is what I got from Amanda yesterday. Even when she's just trying to chit-chat, her mouth always gets her into some degree of what the fuck from me. She wrote. Uh, hey, it's a really good Oppenheimer documentary on Peacock, if interested. Uh, that's the guy who, uh, you know, the, the fucking Christopher Nolan movie is coming out on Friday, the 21st, about uh, same name, Oppenheimer. He's the guy who uh, helped build the atomic bomb or came up with it in the race. To, that's fucking crazy ass shit. So I, I've talked about it a few times on here. Now, if she said just that, it'd been awesome. 
that she wrote. I had no clue that homeboy was a commie. And I'm like, well, I didn't know that either. Why don't you just tell me everything about the guy before I watch anything? I roll an emoji. I don't even need to go see the movie now. She said, um, that's just a tip. No, it's not. It's a useful piece of information that's probably going to be used in the story. She says, there's so much more. I'm not going to see the movie. I'm just going to read the Wikipedia about it, which is another sign that you're entirely defective. What? The doc is cool, though. It has Christopher Nolan and Bill Nye, the science guy. Shh. I said, you have to watch a movie. It's a Christopher Nolan movie, for Christ's sake. She says, I don't like Christopher Nolan movies. If it ends up streaming someday, I might watch it. All right. You know, I want you to refrain from telling me shit like that. My God. Uh, there's a Netflix show called lost girls from 2020 about the Gilgo beach murders. I want to watch it. Oh yeah. That would be interesting considering what we know now. Uh, Tophus says no spoilers. See no spoilers. Amanda. She says, I thought you'd like that. I found a documentary about Oppenheimer, right? Just tell me you found a documentary about Oppenheimer and where it is. Correct. I would like that. But don't tell me something specific about Oppenheimer. I don't know shit about Oppenheimer. No one knows shit about Oppenheimer except you. She says, there it is. The communist stuff was a known fact. No. No, it wasn't. Only you know that because you watched the goddamn fucking documentary about it. But no one knew that. Who the fuck knows anything about Oppenheimer? I don't even know the fucking guy's first name. When This is what you need to do. When you are around anyone in existence, in 24 hours of a day, if you find yourself ready to talk, count to 10 and think about it. Should I speak or text? Should I be doing what I'm doing right now? If you get in the habit of doing that, your life will improve dramatically. No one knows shit about Oppenheimer. You didn't know that he was a communist until you watched the goddamn documentary. And then when you found it out, you told me. She says, dude... They made us watch Fat Man and Little Boy in high school. I do not believe that you've been walking around knowing that Oppenheimer was a commie. You didn't know that until you watched your documentary and then you told me. And in an effort by your old pal EZ to make you a better, more uh, uh, attractive human being to men, I busted you about spoiling the fact that he was a commie. And now you're digging your heels in because you're stupid. That's what we have here.
Where was I? Um, what the fuck was I talking about? I don't have any idea. This is what happens when you see you see the destruction that 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 happens when you talk through the chat. It's 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 devastating. It's as devastating to me as that fucking bomb was to the Japanese people. Go, go beach. That's right. Okay. Uh, all right. So serial killer. Yep. He's an asshole. I am very interested in this storyline going forward. And uh, then I'm interested in Amanda getting all the information about it ahead of time and just blurting it out um, onto this show for us before we watch it because she's a total cock. Okay. That's the way. Amanda is a cock and spoils shit. And, and then acts like, She's she's like Kenny, uh, and then she acts like, oh yeah, that, no 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 that, that I didn't do anything wrong, no I, I didn't do anything wrong, and yeah yeah you did you did, you did, you spoiled something. No spoilers. I want to watch it too. Can I watch it too? Or should I just go over to your house and say, hey, tell me about it? No. God damn it. All right. I didn't even get to Luke Combs and the Tracy Chapman song. You know that song Fast Car by Tracy Chapman? Luke Combs sings it now. And it's it's uh, it's burning up the country charts. Well, some people are making a big deal about that and saying that it's racist. But it isn't at all. And I'll explain why. Sir Charles, Charles Barkley, is my favorite person on the planet. I love that guy so much. Uh, wait till you hear what he said about fucking Bud Light. Oh, is this awesome. And uh, Biden is trying to get, okay, he lost the fucking Supreme Court thing where he wanted to pay all these brats student loans. And they were like, yeah, give us free shit. Yeah, this is what the kids were saying. 20-year-old kid, graduates college, 22 years old, and he's like, yeah, I I want all that money that the skilled labor paid the government in taxes. I want to use skilled labor tax money to pay for my student loans. What's wrong with that? The fact that Biden even attempted that should piss you off. He should lose an election I think they should go with a different candidate, the Democrats, because this guy's such a fucking shithead. Okay? He sucks dick. Biden's horrible. Okay? Um, if the Republicans could give us anybody who's not named Donald Trump, I'd vote for him. I'd vote for Chris Christie all fucking day. Tr- uh, Biden sucks dick. God damn. The, the mere notion of taking all of that tax money to pay, to give these brats $10,000 each and with nothing to show for it is an insult to working Americans. It's disgusting. While these people bust their asses from the time they get out of high school to the day they die, and this motherfucker wants to take their money, which could be used for anything else, 
and uh, uh, give it to them for with no recourse? Fuck you. I was so glad when the Supreme Court shut that down. But now that dumb motherfucker is going a different route to spend your money. Fuck that. We'll talk about that on the Patreon today. Uh, the Patreon bonus podcast, patreon.com slash Eric Zane, seven days free. Sign up today and you're going to get that. And you're going to get, who are these Justins? It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Wait till you hear this fucking psychopath's laugh. Thank you to Rick from TC Paintball for being a sponsor of the show. TCPaintballGR.com. Uh, if you want to book an event, call Rick. The guy who says you got to discipline the dog. I don't know about that one. Rick's all knowing, but fuck. Anyway, uh, gather up the neighborhood kids. Gra- gather up your pals from work. Bachelor party, bachelorette party, what workplace team building, whatever it is, tcpaintballgr.com, terrific entertainment destination. And all you need to do is walk in and plop down your cash, and you're going to be set up with everything you need, the gun, the paint, the mask. If you want to buy some uh, coverall gear, disposable coveralls, you don't fuck up your clothes, you can do that. You can buy armor. You can rent the armor. And then, you know, once you do that, you're going to be addicted to paintball. You're going to want to buy your own gun. He's got an entire pro shop full of the best. And uh, all different price points for the for the uh, for the guns. You can buy something for your kids. Oh my god, you could get lost in that store. Holy shit! TCPaintballGR.com. Berlin Raceway. The sprint cars are going to be in action this weekend at Berlin. I I, I did. I failed to mention how much fun we had watching these super modifieds. Oh my god. Um really light vehicles. Um, most of them are the color si- uh, silver, the color of the metal, because the guys who build the cars, the weight of the paint, the actual weight of the paint can slow it down. They have 800 horsepower V8 motors on those super modifieds. And they go into turn three at 140 miles an hour, an average track speed of about 125. Those cars on Saturday were getting the half mile, just under a half mile oval done in about 13.4 seconds. Half mile. It was incredible. Well, um, this weekend, even faster cars will be in there. The sprint cars for the Christmas in July event. The sprint cars are the fastest things on the track. They're not, the, the horsepower isn't as powerful, but the cars are built in a way that they actually travel at a faster speed than the super modifieds. Tickets are 14 bucks. You can get them at berlinraceway.com. Under 15 free parking free. Try not to yell at the parking attendant. Try not to smuggle in booze into your cooler. And uh, there you go. No glass, no alcohol. Berlinraceway.com. Last but not least on the show today, Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EZ. Before I get to that, uh, Tophus writes, Hey Zane, 
What do you think about that? At the asshole in Texas who drafted a bill that would ban states from getting emergency funding if they paid back reparations to black people. I'll have to look that up. That's the first I've heard of that. If that if it is what you say, that would mean that, hey, your business, wait a minute. Wait, the state would get would be prevented from getting emergency funding if they decided to pay back black people for reparations. Emergency funding like emergence like a, a fucking natural disaster or something like that? Got to write that down. That's not a surprise because of the culture war right now. America is a pretty angry place to be. More angry than it's been in recent years. It is okay to do that these days. The people who would uh, behave that way, they have been given a voice from Trump. And then the uh, that was bolstered during the pandemic. So now it's okay for half of the nation virtually to, to say and do those things and uh, with no recourse. People who would be uh, believe in such uh, horrible things and have that type of opinion. Brian Babin is his name. Thank you for that. I'll look it up. Uh, come back to that. People like that who feel that way were uh, left in the corners and in the shadows and under rocks in years before. But now it's okay to like walk around with a shirt that says white and proud. You know, um, people aren't concerned with looking like racist assholes these days because there are so many who um, have stood up because of Trump and that's 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 what's happened here so you have that's that's the culture war that we're in right now no surprise at all uh normal thinking people you and I uh know that that's crazy it it will go back those these scumbags will eventually go back to the shadows and the corners but it's going to take some time it's going to have to be several election cycles of losses for the right or anything but Trump um for them to uh, pipe down, but it will, it will happen over time. Uh, but there's no question. There is a, a foothold in the, uh, in the, in our society for people like that these days because of that. And this is coming from a guy who voted for Trump. I voted for Trump in 20. I did not vote for him in 16. I voted for him in 20 and then immediately got off the wagon the day after the, when he lost and then immediately started saying it was fixed, I was off. I was enough. And then the icing on the cake was January 6th. Then it's total renouncement, hatred, you know, he's an asshole. The only good thing about Trump is that he calls my show. And I, I you know, he, he, uh, he has carte blanche to come on here and talk anytime he wants. I've had him on here several times. Uh, if you haven't heard him yet, just stay tuned. He, he pops up at random times. Sometimes he just fucking calls and says, I hear you talking shit about me. Anyway. Uh, all right. Where was I? Irvine's 616-532-6600. Uh, for any make and model except Volkswagens in Grand Rapids, Michigan. 
616-532-6600, irvines.com, E-R, Vines. All one word, E-R, Vines. Not I-R, E-R, Vines.com. Uh, early bird drop-off, late bird pickup, loaner car if you need it for free, 616-532-6600. Veteran, lady, local owned. I'm sorry, veteran, lady, local family. All very important things. Uh, reach out today and talk to Jamie or, of course, Megan, if you're lucky. They're the best. Now, anybody else answers the phone, also equally equally, uh, equally qualified and amazingly sweet and nice. But Jamie and Megan, I mean, some of the most pleasant voices you'll ever hear. And the best coffee machine inside of the lobby at Irvine's. We've got a car show coming up at Irvine's, don't we? Oh, my God. Irvine's has teamed up. With Harbor Humane, uh, the August car show is going to be awesome. I cannot wait for that, and I want to see you there. If you have anything to donate, like food or uh, for for uh, pets for Harbor Humane that are they're trying to find forever for uh, homes for, uh, you can follow Irvine's on Facebook, and you can see their Facebook post. In fact, I'll take a little time here. What the hell? I'm already late. Irvine's. Come on. <laughs> uh, what Irvine's needs? Wet kitten food. Iams, Sheba, or Science Diet. Paper towel, toilet paper, brown paper bags, peanut butter, baby food, canned chicken. Must be in water, not oil. Drop it off at Irvine's. They'll get it over to Harbor Humane. They also need these things, but not as urgently. Unscented cat litter. Feral food, like meow mix or the equivalent. Pumpkin. Catnip. Lickable cat treats. Sliced cheese. Kraft singles or similar. Hot dogs. They're open 7.45 a.m. to 5 p.m., 4311 Stafford, Southwest, Wyoming, Michigan. So they've teamed up with Harbor Humane, which um, they have a, uh, in the back of the facility, is it's woods, you know, and um, they have like 100 or more feral cats there. There's the inside ones that are in the uh, building, but then there's all these feral cats that exist outside. So, like, farmers show up, hey, I need some mousers. And they, they get a cat and bring it in. You know, they, you know, people who like outdoor cats, you can go get a feral cat. They're great. But there's a day, uh, two, po- two times during the day, like three or four workers walk, walk out, each with gigantic bowls full of food. And as soon as the doors open, the rattling of the food in the, in the bowls, all the feral cats hear it. And what was them hidden in the woods... They come out like fucking children of the corn. It's awesome. And they're like, it's like walking dead zombie cats. And all they want to do is get to the food. It's awesome. It is so funny. Holy shit. I told them that that's a money-making opportunity. They could, you could donate like a hundred bucks and be the feral cat feeder for the day. Oh, it's fun. 
It was one of my favorite things when I went to Harvey Humane and watched them do their thing. It was great. Um, Tophus says, what time is your Patreon today, EZ? I'm guessing that it'll be before noon. See, if you sign up on Patreon, I don't know if you're on there or not, but if you sign up, usually about 10 minutes before, I put out a, uh, a note that says, hey, I'm about to go live in 10 minutes. That's how I usually do it because I don't have a set time because usually something happens, like got to take the dogs out or uh, 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 my brother-in-law shits in his hand and wipes it on the wall or something fucked up like that, you know? Anyway, that's what's up. Uh, Today's asshole of the day. Hmm. Who's it going to be? Boy, it's between um, the new serial killer or Amanda. So that's a tough one. I'm not sure if I can, I can decide. That's 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 a lot of uh, that's a lot to wade through. Either the guy who has uh, cops say murdered at least three young women. Or Amanda for starting to destroy the plot of the film Oppenheimer and then digging her heels in about it. Uh, Asshole of the Day is brought to you by TC Paintball. It was close, but Rex Hewerman, the alleged serial killer, just squeaks one out against Amanda. <clears throat> Could have gone any way with a little bit more heel digging. I think that could have pulled it out, but... No, that's it. Thanks. I appreciate you for being here. I'll talk to you later on. Have a good one, folks. Bye-bye.